Welcome to the Brunch and Slay podcast, your weekly dose of inspiration. Well, we remember that if she can, I can, we all can. I'm your host, Amira Sain, founder of Brunch and Slay, a lifestyle brand created to inspire women to live their best lives every day. Before I begin today's show, I want to tell you guys about a podcast that I just discovered through the Oso Collective, which is a platform I really love. Uh, The show is called The Passionistas Project uh, Podcast, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. So be sure to check it out. And now on to today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. Today is the big day, huh? So today is November 3rd, and we know what this world and what this country has been waiting on. Today, people will begin to submit their votes for the last time. If you voted early, hello, good job. If you're voting today, hello, good job. If you didn't vote, why are you listening? Get up, get out there and go vote. Um, Today's episode is one that I think is right on time. Once again, we're diving into mental health and it's a past guest. Miss Adrian Mullins is on the show and I brought her back because last year we talked about suicide and that was something, you know, the thought of suicide and suicide prevention uh, was something that she dealt with and she wrote a book about it and she was so open and honest. It was one of our most listened to shows, which let me know that it's affecting a lot of us and we just aren't talking about it. So I wanted to bring her back so we can see where she is now, how she's pivoted. She's come a long way and since she's written her book and and things, life is just moving up. So I wanted to chat in with her. And I think in light of our current climate and God only knows what's going to happen after this episode and after today, I know there'll be some time before we know who the president is and who wins the election. However, I want you guys to know that I care. I'm here and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hey, and welcome back to the Brunch and Slay podcast, where we speak with women who literally inspire us. They inspire us because they're just like us and they are living their dreams just like we want to. They're living their best life and they're thriving in everything from business to life. And this week's episode is no different. Today's guest is a friend to the show that I had to have come back because her show was one of the top listened to shows of 2019. And I had so many people DM and say how much it resonated with them that I just knew that she needed to know that her story and sharing and the vulnerability that she shared was not in vain. And I want to see what she's up to now. And I'm sure you guys have questions too. But before you get to hear from Miss Adrian Mullins, who I know you're chomping at the bit for, let's just have some, a little housekeeping. I want to give a special shout out to someone who answered the call. Friendship to the show, Dr. Carrie Yazid. She said, I enjoy being a guest on Brunch and Slay. Amira has great energy. Thank you, Carrie. Instead of an interview, it felt like two old friends having a laid back conversation, wishing you continued success. Thank you, Carrie. And I wish you just as much and more. I know that you're out there banging those books out, educating the next generation. And I'm so thankful that you were on the show. And and that was exactly what I was going for. So if those of you a little worried about pitching yourself to the show and wondering how it will go, don't worry, you're in good hands. I've come a long way since my first season. <laughs> and I actually know how to talk to people now. So yes, come on out. Thank you so much for continuing to sh- support the show. So If you haven't done so already, go ahead, rate, subscribe, review the show. But most importantly, share it with someone who you know will appreciate it. I'm not, you know, the reviews are great. 
And I know I, I can't keep asking you to do stuff that I don't do. So I'm going to step it up. I'm going to start doing reviews too, y'all. I'm going I'm to answer the call. But I also want you to know that it's very important just to share. There's somebody out there who could use a text of this episode that you're about to hear right now, or you might want to go back and listen to Adrian's episode because it was definitely one that we talked about something that we don't talk about a lot as a culture. So go back, listen to it and share it. So y'all, I alluded to it, but she's back and she is in rare form. She's found, she's, I guess, fine tuned her calling a little bit more, right? That's what we're all doing every, every year. I hope we're a little bit better. She's producing and she is the ultimate storyteller. So me, you know, I can't wait to chat with her and talk about storytelling and, and why that resonates with her. So welcome back to the show, friend to the show, Miss Adrian Mullins. Hey, Adrian. Hey, thank you so much for having me back. I'm so excited to speak with you guys again. Yes. So let's, 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 let's just do our Reader's Digest version, right? So the last time you were here, we were talking, we talked a lot about your book. We mm-hmm. talked a lot about the calling on your life and how, you know, you, you navigated the waters and you were kind of charged to write a book and you felt at the beginning, like you didn't have anything to share. And it turns out you had a lot to share. Yes, absolutely. 100%. Um, but yeah, honestly, that was pretty much kind of the recap. I know, um, we did also talk a lot about, about, you know, mental health and my own personal struggles with that and just kind of the fear I felt with even sharing it and just realizing that kind of opening that up, not realizing how many people could resonate with that story and just hearing someone else being vulnerable and saying, hey, me too, that it just opened up a lot of people's possibilities on how to move forward and live their life and that's kind of where I've been fine-tuning and kind of going is just understanding just how important storytelling really has become right right and since you since that show aired did you get any folks reach out to you maybe ask questions or kind of what was that reaction like from your family and friends hearing you talk about it I know they read your book but you know what what has that been like for you Honestly, I um, I got similar responses as what you did. There were just a lot of people who were just asking me, you know, how did I, how was I able to to go through that period of my life? And there were a lot of people which surprised me that were just saying thank you, you know, just a simple thank you for for saying that. Because as we discussed in the previous show that, you know, it's not necessarily something that is a topic that we discuss, especially among our families. And even if we are brave enough to share it with our families, more often than not, it's not well received. So um, I, I just got a lot of people who were just, just thankful, even if it wasn't necessarily affecting them directly. We're all affected by mental health, whether it's someone we know closely, a friend or family. So just being able to have someone just say, thank you. Now, now I know how to handle the situation. And it's been something that, you know, it's not the end. So it was just, it meant a lot to me to know that people were able to feel a little bit inspired by hearing something that you know, on the surface is a dark topic, but has such a bright future. 
Oh, I love that. You're so positive. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so, I mean, and then since then, you've been out here just kicking butt and taking names. You got a new look, new attitude. I love your new haircut. Thank you. Thank you. Fabulous. Sir. First of all, I saw that. I just so happened to be on the Brunch Slate Instagram and I'm like, look at her. Get it, girl. <laughs> like just sassy. Just, just living your best life. I love it. Well, thank you. Yeah, so I know now you've kind of fine-tuned your brand messaging. I was, you know, reading over, I, I love to read copy, and I love to, especially after connecting with people on the show, I love to see if their site really breathes them, because I think that's the marketer in me, just kind of seeing what people are saying. And I, and I looked at your site, and I know you've updated it, and, and you, you're talking about your true colonist storytelling. What was it? You were already a producer for news, in case you guys don't remember, it is your first time hearing from Adrian. She was a television producer. Uh, is a producer, right? She's a storyteller, yes. and that's how she started. And you kind of segued over to nonprofit and did your journey's changed a lot. So, talk to us about that navigation because I know a lot of times we know what we're supposed to do, right? That's why you went into production, right? Mm -hmm. And then yes. when we get out there, sometimes it doesn't always totally resonate with our spirit and we feel some conflict there. How did you identify that and, and know it was time to, to expand? Well, I, for me, I, it was interesting because after, I think the last time we spoke, I, I knew that I was supposed to write a book. And I think I talked briefly, originally the book I thought I was going to write was about how to wait and the journey in the waiting. And I realized like that that just wasn't the topic that I was supposed to write. So after I went ahead and just wrote the book about my story and realized that there was even a story to tell. I was kind of in a weird place because I didn't necessarily know what to do after the book was out. I mean, besides, you know, book launches and book signings and things like that, I really didn't know where to move forward from there. And uh, my mentor, she is also a coach. And so I was having that conversation with her. I was like, I don't really know what to do from here. And so she encouraged, she was like, well, coaching is the next thing. And, you know, I had gotten excited. So I was like, oh, okay, great. Then that's the next thing to do. But then I started to explore it a little bit. And it just, it didn't feel like something I was supposed to do. I felt like I was pursuing something because I assumed that that was what I was supposed to do. Because, you know, that's what most authors do. when After they write their book, they become coaches. And and I just thought, okay, that's the next step. But as I started going through it, it just, it didn't sit right with me. And I could never figure out why it didn't sit right with me. And then one day, because I've been in this weird place trying to figure out whether, you know, full-time employment is my place or just pursuing this entrepreneur thing. And someone asked me, well, what is it that you want to do? And I said, I want to produce. Like, I want to do what I've been doing, what I love to do. Like I got into this business because I loved telling people's stories and I loved being the behind the scenes person of making a story on paper become life on camera. And it was at that moment where I kind of went, well, if that's what you want to do, that's what you've been doing. Like this career path was not an accident. So why avoid what you've been doing and, you know, to brag a little bit, something you're good at, why just push it all aside 
simply because you've done something slightly different than what your career led you to do. And that's kind of where I said, you know what, that's what I'm going to do. I wanted to get into news because truth be told, I wanted to get into news is because I wanted to tell more of our stories because as much as I loved watching news, I didn't see a lot of us represented. And when we were on the news, it was all, there was always a negative about it. Even if it was a positive story, there was always a negative element, like, you know, former drug addict or, you know, used to be in prison. And I'm like, while those are good things, there are other great stories out there that don't have these negative beginnings in the way that is stereotypically seen amongst, you know, African Americans in this country. So I just got to that place and I was like, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I always wanted to do. That's what I'm supposed to do. And even just amongst with my story, I realized that's, that's what that book was for. Being able to share my story and seeing the response from it, just imagine if I could tell other people's stories. And that's kind of where I got the idea just to completely rebrand. I love that. I love so many parts of it. One, I think this is something that I know a lot of folks struggle with. We all have been there where we are torn. We know it's time to transition. We just don't have a blueprint. We aren't sure. And then you get advice from people who are very successful, right? Like your coach. Mm -hmm. And she tells you, you should be a coach. And you're like, okay, then I'm a coach. And then that doesn't resonate with you. And then you're stuck. Or or maybe you're embarrassed because you told everybody now you're a coach and you got to get behind it. Or maybe it didn't do so well because that wasn't your calling. But it's how did you, did you get quiet? How did that answer come to you? Honestly, a lot of it did come from, from being quiet. Ever since I started writing the book, I've gotten into this habit of, I cannot listen to the radio first thing in the morning. I don't know why, but it's, that's what I do. So usually a lot of my quiet moments either come from one meditation, I'm not doing well as far as a continual practice, but that's one way, either in the shower or in the car. And that's what happened. I was sitting in the car and I don't know, I don't know if I had a phone call or I don't know, because I I process a lot of things in my head when I drive. So I don't know if it was just one of those moments. But I just remember, I just remember saying to myself, why, why fight against what you've already been doing because even my career path as on its own has been I wouldn't say a, a miracle but my career has none of it's happened by accident I've never applied for a job that I've that I've gotten they've all come to me and when I thought about that I was just like this is it I never had to really fight to be a producer and to be in these positions they came to me and I know that they came to me because God was like this is what I want you to do you don't have to it doesn't have to be a struggle for you to get this and he was like I want you to know this is your plan this is what you're supposed to do and it was those moments when I was like why am I trying to erase that part of my life as if it was no longer important when it's the most important thing that I'm supposed to be doing right now. 
No, I'm glad that you share that because I, I do believe that when something is for you, it's effortless. And I think sometimes we miss that because we're so used to fighting, right? We're so used right. to working so quote unquote hard. You got to work hard. Well, who said that? Who made that rule up? Who exactly. Made, right? Who, who's, why do we accept that you have to have all this turmoil to be happy? Like you do not have to fight blood, sweat, and tears to live your best life and to be happy. And there are things that bring you joy that will bring you money. Pretty much anything, right? right? Pretty much anything. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's funny you said that because there was that part of me that, that felt, I honestly, for, there was a point where I felt bad for not necessarily struggling career-wise. I mean, like up until recently when I got laid off, you know, jobs was not an issue. And it was, I felt weird not, you know, that not being issue. I used to tell people, like, I will give you all the advice in the world about how to get into news. I have no problem helping you. But I always tell, I used to always tell people, my story isn't typical. You know, don't assume someone's going to call you when you're a senior in college to offer you a job. That doesn't necessarily happen. And it just felt weird because I just thought that there had to be some negative part of my career. But it was funny that you said that, like, it it was effortless and it didn't have to be a struggle for it to be right. Right. And then when we're surrounded around our friends and family and we're watching them struggle, we're embarrassed to share our blessings, right? We're embarrassed to tell them mm -hmm. about how great life is, which is the ultimate slap in the face from the creator who gave us these gifts, right? Right. And this is, I'm so glad we're talking about this because I don't think we talk about this, right? We do not, you, you're always getting me to go so far. Like, like, <laughs> This is so serious because I battled that very early in my career when I was in my early, well, mid twenties, I got my first big promotion and my life just started snowballing, right? Just like good things, good things, good things and great jobs. And I would not talk about it. I would dumb it down. I would blend in. I would go do things and not, you know, let people know me and my husband were doing things like constantly because I was so afraid that I would, I guess I think I thought I might lose people. Mm. you know you right. you know that you want folks in your life but what I realize now looking back is I wish if I had a time machine where I could go write a note on the mirror to myself it would be just focus on you just be bold like you don't have to everybody there are what do they say every part of your life that changes you you need a new you to get to get to that next level whatever right. level that is it's going to be a new you period whether that be becoming a mom a, a new girlfriend whatever it's a new you. So mm -hmm. that means that everybody who's with you is not going to always be with you. And I think that's something we don't talk about a lot. Right. Especially when it comes to family uh, and friends and as a culture, right? Because mm -hmm. our culturally, it's very rare. I mean, I'm not saying that everybody's family, we have great, we have the Huxtables, right? And then we have the, the Evans, right? We got a little bit of everybody. Right. But I think culturally, it's a tight rope because you don't want to feel like you, what do you call it? Sold out or you're, you're highfalutin or, you oh, know. Right. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, wow. That's, that's a whole nother. What are your thoughts? So like, let's talk about it. Let's talk about that journey because I know that that's part of it too, that, that leaving people behind, so to speak, because the thing is you're not leaving them behind because you feel like you're anything derogatory. It's just that you're going someplace different. Right. And you know what? It was, uh, it's funny you said that because I actually started to think about that. And I, I had that moment last year. Um, 
I turned 30 in August of last year. And initially I had these big plans. I wanted to do this big party, you know, cause it was my 30th, but you know, financially I wasn't there. So I was like, and I, honestly, I wasn't going to do anything cause I was just so discouraged that I couldn't have my big fancy party, but I had a friend and she was like a uh, negative. We're going to do something. So what do you want to do? <laughs> and so I just had, you know, just a brunch and I think initially I may have invited like 15 to 20 people, but there were probably eight or nine of us there. And I mean, I know some people, some uh, things, they had other things or whatever got caught up. But I remember looking at that table and despite where I was in that moment, because like I mentioned, I, I was not in a mood to celebrate. I just wanted my birthday to come and go. But it was that moment where I looked at all the people that were at that table and I just had this moment I was like these are the people who despite everything are there for me because you know the friend who told me I was having a party she was the one like she's a she's a big foodie so she knows a lot of restaurants she's like so tell me the vibe what do you want and you know I'll give you some restaurants and it's like she booked the place for me like she dealt with all of that I had another friend who was like, what do you need? And I was like, well, you know, I don't need anything. I was going to get some cupcakes. But I mean, you know, besides that, nothing. She was like, okay, well, I'll get the cupcakes. And, you know, me being me, I was like, oh, you don't have to do that. And she was like, don't tell me what I don't have to do. I will bring the cupcakes. And I was like, okay. But it was just, it was at that moment. Because, you know, there were, like I said, there are people who didn't get to make it. And, you know, some people who I've known significantly longer than the people who were at that table but just like you said it's not necessarily a bad thing or any ill will towards those people I still love them you know and I'll still be them and ride with them but I realized that there are going to be some people that I can't necessarily be like I was back in college and it's not it's not a bad thing it's just I if I am, you know, if there is a level that God wants me to be at, and if there are certain people that have to be around me and, you know, to be in that place with me, then that also means that there are people who can no longer fit that space. And I can't be afraid to go towards that place simply because I don't want to lose those people. And it was hard you know, because, I mean, like I said, college was 10 plus years ago, so I'm like, these are like decades worth of friendship, or decades, a decade worth of friendship that I have to, you know, let go of, because just like you said, even though right now I'm not at that pinnacle place that I'm supposed to be at, I know when I get there, they may not be the person that's going to speak life into me and into those situations. But I, I continue to have to realize that I know that there's something bigger that even I can't see right now. And it's not even about me. And I want to be impactful to those people who are going to be come in contact with me. And if I have to let go of some friends, if I have to let go of some family, because even like I've had to, significantly reduced the type of information that I share 
with my parents. And it, it sucks because, you know, for a long time, my mom has always been that person that I tell everything to, but I just know there's a different level of faith between the two of us. And some of the big visions I have, I can't necessarily share because they'll be stomped on. It's like, you know, this is the person who's raised me and I can't even share certain things because I can't allow her faith to distract my own. And it's tough because just like you said, you know, culturally, we, when it comes to family, we're very interesting when it comes to family. Like we want to be very, very tight knit and we try to stay that way, but sometimes situations don't happen. But it's like, it's in those moments where I have to outweigh my, my purpose. And it doesn't mean that I don't love my parents. But at the end of the day, my purpose is what it is. And I have to recognize that. And I have to let good things fuel that purpose. And if that means not communicating as often, then that's what that means, you know? More Brunch and Slate after this. Well, I have been one busy lady, y'all. I have been working on a project and finally it's live. As you know, I started Brunch and Slate as a event pop-up series that totally morphed into what it is today. Along the way, I'd work with brands and they'd contact me and say, hey, we want to connect with you. We want to get in front of that audience. And lo and behold, it became a business. Y'all, I have not been very vocal about starting it because I didn't know what the heck I wanted it to be. But I'm here to tell you that BAS Media is here to stay. We are an extension of Brunch and Slay. We're an agency for folks just like you. I have decided that I am going to use all the years of marketing and sales background I have to help small businesses build and win. That's right. BASmedia.net is where you can find out all the information about how we help leverage all that you have as a small business to get you on the right path to become a big business. Everything from building your website to logo design, brand audits, and even social media management. All under one umbrella, all at affordable cost and rates because I too am a small business and I know the challenges I had when it came time to find resources, people to help us, and even people to publicize us. And we have it all at one place. Head on over to BASmedia.net. Be inspired. I absolutely understand. And I think I'm so glad you talked about that, especially from the family and friends perspective. A couple of things come to my mind. One, you learn early and this is a great lesson. I got to put my big sister hat on. Learning early to protect your dreams at all costs is the best lesson you can learn because no one can affect your dreams like the people you love the most. It has nothing to do with disrespecting your parents and authority and the sacrifices and everything they made. It's just that because they know you so well, whatever they might say that a stranger could say will affect you differently. So it's really, right. it's really protecting yourself until you have position and strengthen your muscles enough to not give a damn about what anybody says. Truly, that's what it's about. It has nothing to do with the parent, the friend, the cousin, none of that is I'm not strong enough to handle it for you because I respect and I want your, your love so much that I don't want to do anything to make you question it or worry about me, you know, and that, that it's, it's this whole layer thing that we got going on here. Right. 
Right. Absolutely. And, right. And then turning 30, I get it. Been there. I, I think 30, 30 was cool. It was my 33rd birthday when I started to get to where I was like really realizing it was time for a shift mm-hmm. and didn't want to be bothered. Didn't want to celebrate, but shout out to your friends who know you so well. They know when you walk around at target, you need a company, right? They know, yes. they know everything. <laughs> like shout out to them for being those kind of friends. Because I say that all the time, when you know, somebody needs something, you don't ask them, you just do. Right. And then us, you and I, people like us got to be okay with just saying, thank you. Right. And, and that was one of the lessons I learned was like you said, literally just, just saying, thank you, not, not questioning. Cause you know, those same friends have done the same thing for me, like going out to lunch. Oh girl, don't worry about it. I got it. And I'm like, no, it's okay. And they're like, listen, like, all right, you're right. Thank you. Just thank you. I mean, when you're Shiro, right, you're so used to getting it for everybody else. And we feed off that. That's part of it, too. We love to make people feel good. And then Mm -hmm. when somebody else does it for us, it feels a little awkward. But that's part of your journey, too. How are you going to get to where you need to be if there aren't people who are further up than you who can pull you up? And if you can't even accept a cupcake, girl, we got problems, right? Right. Seriously. Right. It's these little lessons. So, okay, you know, I can talk about this all day long. <laughs> I really could. I love, I love having these kind of conversations because these are the tough ones. And a lot of times we don't give power and attention to this because all of us who are listening to this are people who are out here navigating our world. Mm-hmm. And whether that be looking for that perfect mate or getting that summertime fine on, there are hurdles and there are obstacles on this path that we don't address because to be honest, you can't, and you might be hindering people, right? You might be hindering other people. So they have to distance themselves from you. But I can tell you this from life. Good people always come back. They mm-hmm. always circle back and good stories are always worth, worth sharing. And so I know your mission now is really to let people know how important it is to understand owning their stories and to implement it. So when you, when you think about that, who are the people you want to help get those stories out there now at this point in your career? At, at this point in my career, what I will say, and I've thought about it and I've also thought about the type of backlash that I would receive, but right now the two main people who I really want to open up and share stories are African-Americans and and women, because I feel like even though now there is starting to be more of an influx of our stories being released out there, as as a um, producer and especially coming from news, I'm just still, I'm not 100% satisfied in how we're telling our stories. Even recently, I've seen a lot of influx of multicultural reporters and it's like while I appreciate news stations addressing the fact that more diverse stories need to be told it also kind of annoys me a little bit because I start to think about it and it starts to make me wonder so are you saying that only this reporter can tell you know diverse stories is it not a story if this particular person can't tell it or is it almost feels like it's become a quota situation I agree and I'm gonna say something that's probably really gonna piss some people off because I love all shades of our color spectrum but I I have a problem when tv only thinks that biracial women are appropriate for tv oh 100 percent and it's not because I don't think they deserve a job and do great jobs but I'm a melanin-rich 
sister, right? So where's my representation? Exactly. And, you know, and even for me being, although I'm not biracial, I am, you know, I'm very light skinned. And so even, even I would get that and it would bother me too. Like, oh, you'll be great on camera. Da, 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 da. And I used to always tell people, I was like, uh, I joke about it. I'm fine on camera, but I'm like, I mean, nah, but there are other people out there who I think do better jobs, you know, and, you know, coming from the, coming from being that person, I didn't like it either. I was like, I, I don't like that. I'm not the only type of black person black woman that's out there you know and even like even when I was younger and I'm sure you've probably gotten this a lot too but this whole oh you're very well spoken I'm like what does that mean right <laughs> you know and there's a lot of stories out there and I'm like first of all just because you may have a southern draw or you may have an accent doesn't mean you're less well spoken Oh, you I know. agree. I mean, I agree a hundred percent, but you know what? Thank goodness for people like Steve Harvey, uh, who own who they are. The thing is we are all come, we all come from different walks of life. And that's mm -hmm. what I love about Louisiana. When you go to Louisiana, you could walk up to somebody who is white as rice and they sound like they are from the, the swamps, right? You, yes. could, you could walk down Bourbon street and hear the heaviest accent turn around and it is an Asian person. L let me tell you something, New Orleans and Louisiana, they get it. Yes, they they get culture. North. The culture that Louisiana gives is, you know, the state, people can say what they want, but they get pride in where you're from. They get traditions, right? From Mardi Gras, all the things that they do, it is a culture. And, yes. and they represent for the culture everywhere they go throughout that state. And I love it. And I got such good vibes when I went to New Orleans, because I'm not going to lie. I went a few years ago and I, there were an unfortunate amount of biases that I brought with me on my vacation, just based on what I had heard. And I got there and I was like, I think I may have told one person this. I, I was at a restaurant and I was like, I just love y'all. Because yeah. I, I just got such good vibes. And just like you said, the, a lot of my biases got broken because I just, you know, especially, you know, coming from being from Texas you know when um the hurricane hit back when I was in high school a lot of people from New Orleans moved to Texas so there was there was already this little divide so to speak or these negative things coming from people from Louisiana you know this all this stuff trying to you know crime has increased and all this other stuff and they're trying to assume trying to make the assumption that it was from the people who had moved in from New Orleans and I got there and it it was not what I expected. Like everyone was so nice and so friendly. And I was like, this is it. This is like yeah. our, you know, this is our people. And I, right. and I just loved it. it was, and like you said, there's so much culture. I, I did not want to leave New Orleans. Right. And it's so rich. <laughs> and I think that's really a prototype for inclusion and diversity. Like campaigns should start there. If a, if a company is not familiar with diversity and inclusion, go to New Orleans, you know, go to Baton Rouge. I can speak on those two cities for sure because I know that they're very inclusive and it's just a, hey, it's, it's crawfish season, everybody sit down or whatever the case may be. You just right. don't feel left out. You don't feel shunned. I don't feel like people are like, why is she here? Um, it's, just a, it's just a beautiful thing. And I think as you're telling stories and you're, you're realizing the stories that you want to tell, you, you are honing in. Are there particular brands that you want to work with? Or what kind of folks do you want, do we need to attract to you through this episode? Like, who are you looking to work with right now? 
honestly, right now, I'm really sort of, that's, I'm in development right now. I have, the fun thing is I have like a lot of show ideas in mind, but once there's, there's one thing that I am working on doing like a talk show type of thing and including black owned wine companies, uh, wineries and vineyards. One, because I love wine. So it's very, very selfish on right might as well get you a couple (laughs) bottles right (laughs) right absolutely but but even on the other end I just started because I I really love wine like I will try any wine but even just on the aspect of I was reading one wine one black owned wine uh, owner's story and she made a good point you know for whatever reason wine is just now becoming something that you know, um, that black people are becoming more into besides, you know, Moscato. And I know back in like the nineties and early two thousands, uh, what was it? Alize and like, you know, <laughs> right. Just thinking about it makes me want to throw up. It's awful. Hypnotic. Oh my God. Right. You know, those yeah. wine based alcohols. I'm like, this is disgusting. This is yeah. trash. Yeah. But, you <laughs> <laughs> but, um, the story I was reading, I think is really what caught my attention is because she had said something about this idea that we, and I don't know if it was a stereotype or how it came about, but it was just like, we weren't cultured in that aspect. And while I, you know, I'm not here to agree or disagree with her, but as a, as a wine owner, it made a good point to me because, you know, she was saying that she would get surprised look from people who did not look like her when she said that she was you know a wine a wine company owner so that's really one reason why I want to do it is to kind of open up our palette a little bit even if it is something as minute so to speak as wine but really sort of getting us in other aspects and even so that's one thing I'm really working on I've come up with like a list of some black owned wineries and vineyards and just really trying to expand our minds and truth be told beyond that getting other people to realize that we're not so monolithic that we're not you know just one type and we only drink you know Ciroc and Hennessy or whatever stereotypes have been placed on us. No, I agree. <laughs> and I hope to make bride sisters on that list because they have yes, a great story. They yes, they are. And we, I love their wine. Yes, we actually, uh, I love, they have the best Sauvignon Blanc I've ever tasted. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, I love their champagne too. We actually did a did an event with them in Houston, one of my last events in Houston before I moved to Dallas. And they are just heaven. They're, I mean, their story is amazing and what they're doing is amazing. And now they even have the cans. So y'all, they're, they're, they're ready for summertime. She can, that's what they call it. She can. So get that can and you can yes. get them in Kroger. I'm not trying I'm not paid for this. It's just good wine. It's just good wine. <laughs> Seriously. And I do the same thing. Anytime someone asks me and I'm like, yes, they're in Kroger. It is delicious. This is their logo. Look for it when you see it. Yes. When I see that Sauvignon Blanc. I, I get three or four bottles because they get they sell out quickly. Like that that is my favorite one. And it's so good for summer. Like I will be, I literally was thinking today before this episode, I'm like, man, I gotta stock up on my wine. Summertime's coming, it's patio season. I gotta get my right. life together. <laughs> yes. Look at that. See that full circle moment, y'all. This is this is why. <laughs> um, but no, I I I actually I think it's so unique. And I think one of the things I want us to stop doing 
is as a culture and as we're pursuing these dreams it's like you want to do wine it isn't small there is a ton of us who drink wine who are waiting on your tv series right just like i'm in the yoga and meditation and saging and reiki and all these different things when i used to do events i would think oh my god black people gonna come try to pray for me they're gonna think i don't believe in the lord and like all these different boundaries i put on myself and mm-hmm. you know what i found a whole community of women like me who were looking for the same thing right you know and it's just like we sometimes get in our own way uh with our what we think and i'm really working diligently uh, in this decade in this period of my life i've been telling everybody what am i after this decade the best me i can be like mentally physically emotionally i just want to look back at 2020 when 2030 comes and laugh i'm like girl your manifestation wasn't that strong now look at you right like whatever right (laughs) whatever it is like i am going hard with with stopping the negativity in the tracks. Like, that's what I want to do. I want to like correct my verbiage. I want to correct my thought patterns. I want to correct the people I hang around because I realize how much, how many hurdles we put in our own path by the thoughts and the actions that we don't even realize don't align with what we say we want. Does that make sense? No, it does 100%. And I'm glad that you said that because like I said, with all of my projects, I, I will be be speaking with you soon (laughs) well hey i'll take it no but okay so we know that you're in development i know that you're let me just say she's gonna have a web series get your minds right right i think let me say this too shout out to jada pink and her mom and her daughter for creating red table talk on Mm -hmm. facebook yeah the reason why i say that is because that made people realize y'all quit limiting yourself you do not have to wait on nbc to call you you do not have to wait on somebody to come give you uh, a book deal if you want it do it amazon you can self-publish you can self-produce youtube instagram tv uh facebook all these things there's no limit so if you want something fine-tune it do the homework and get out there and give us the next Red Table Talk or the next TV series or whatever the case may be. It just, man, if Issa Rae has taught us nothing, come on, y'all, look at what she did. Right. <laughs> and honestly, that was between, like what you said, between Red Table Talk and Issa, that was what really got me to be like, what am, what am I waiting for? Issa literally got bank after a series that she created with like, even if I decided to go back and look at, you know, um, looking at her first web series. And I just remember saying to myself, like this now, I'm sure I know that she went and did the work to make it happen, but like nothing stopped her. You know, like, you're right. You're right. And nothing should stop you who's listening. And, I, and this is why I'm so glad you're on the show, Adrian. I love more than anything in my life shining a light on people doing things differently and just like you talk about with the wine i think for a long time as a culture the successful people were doctors lawyers teachers firemen police officers nurses all the careers that fall in between from now we have you know gaming folks who can do code virtual reality systems production all these different things social media gurus all this there is a way for you to have the life that you want doing what it is that you're great at. All you got to do is be willing to do the work. Right. Right. 100%. And especially, and especially for us, everyone who's listening has that same capacity, but I love like, you know, 
and not even just as African Americans, but you know, there are a lot of stereotypes with like certain with different um different ethnicities. Like you're not successful unless you're this, this or this. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, look at what Lily Singh has done. She shut that shit down real quick. Like look at what right. she's done. I mean, girl, we could talk about like seriously, we need to have a longer brunch. Like <laughs> this, is, right. this is there's so much out there. And I get excited about it because I see all these things and just looking at the beautiful thing about having you back on is our last conversation and how you've evolved since then and where you're headed to. And I can't wait to the next time you're on when we're talking about your new web series. I mean, the, the watching us and supporting us on this journey is what this is about. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's such a beautiful thing. So I, you know, I have to know what vibes and prayers we can send your way this year to help you along so we can attract exactly what you need to get this done. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Um, just being able just to continue to be in the right place and the right times to speak to the right people because like I said, there are a couple of ideas and stories of people who I already want to talk to and share but I don't want to miss a person or a story that I've never thought of because one of like what my big sort of rebranding thing is is that every like everyone has a story and those stories can be what unlocks their potential and the potential of those who hear it. So I'm just hoping my prayer is to just be in a space where I'm not missing those opportunities and that those stories will come to me, whether it's, you know, me being at the bank waiting in line and just talking to someone or whatever it is. And I'm the type of person, I am not afraid to ask anyone to be on my platform. So whether it's, you know, a Jada Pekin Smith or, you know, whoever, like there, there is no fear for me. So just being able to keep that, keep those same vibes of go ahead and send that email or that DM or whatever it is. Cause I just, I just know that there, there's so much there's so much potential and there's so many stories out there. I truly believe that this is the time and that we are the generation that can make monumental shifts. And I don't want to miss that. Man, I agree. I agree. I feel it. It resonates with me. Everything you said, I'm sending it back towards you. I know, I don't think you have, I think you've already strengthened that muscle of what you're going to attract and those people will come. I think it'll be crystal clear. Now we want the resources to come to you so that you have the space and you don't have to hesitate when it's time to film or or whatever you need. I'm going to speak those resources onto you so that you have those and don't have to think blink twice about pursuing this dream. So thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. We know that's, that's the tough part, right? We all got ideas. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. We're like, Oh, who gonna fund these? Who who gonna fund these dreams? Like what's going on? Yes. So, so yes. Monumental. Absolutely. All right. So man, it has, where can people follow you? How can they support you? Yes. Um, luckily I have not changed any of my social, my social tags. So, um, Facebook, Facebook and Instagram at the Adrian Mullins, um, Twitter. Cause they only gave me a certain amount of characters, the Adrian M. Um, be sure my redesigned website adrianmullins.com and just for clarification a-d-r-i-e-n-n-e 
M as in Mary, U-L-L-I-N as in Nancy S. That is where you'll find everything that you need to know. So be sure to subscribe to that website because that is where you're going to get all of the information about web series, about if you have a story to share, having a form to fill out to be able to share it with me. But yeah, that that is where I am right now. And I am so excited to start launching these web series because if nothing else, they're going to be fun, but I also want them to be impactful. Wait a minute. I thought you might want to know about what's happening next week. I really do have some insight on that. And it it's only because I, just like you, had failed so many times in trying to set these groups up. Um, and it's frustrating and you feel like it's you or you feel like what, what is going on that we can't just stick to one thing or maybe we're doing it wrong. And truly what changed for me was having tough, having harder conversations up front. So actually I start with this conversation of, you know, cause I've started another one since for different reasons now in my life, like for, you know, sometimes you have a different business or sometimes you want a different type of support and the same women who may, were maybe supporting you in business are not going to be like on your, you know, your friend team, because maybe you only have certain things in common. So first of all, I think it's really understanding that you need different people for different things. Sometimes we try to go to our friends to like support us in business and they're on your home team. Like they don't necessarily need to be on your business team. Oh, they will be. Yes. And thank you so much for sharing and for coming back and bringing us up to date on all the great things that you're doing. I am cheering for you in case you don't know that already. I have to say it. <laughs> yes, I appreciate that. I really do. And honestly, I am cheering for you as well. Like I love what you do. I'm so glad that I started following you because I love seeing the stories and like listening to the shows. I'm like, yes. Oh, thank you, Adrian, y'all. And and no matter what, if this episode of all episodes haven't told you anything, is just remember that if she can, I can, we all can. This is Brunch and Slay, y'all.